Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show, because my name is Simon Miller, and this is a pro wrestling show. We're one day late today, but hey, better late than never, but never, never late. That was gibberish that came out of my mouth. Although, I suppose I was waiting to see if there's going to be any fallout. I mean, right now, all everybody should be doing is talking about AEW All In, right? This is going to be, no matter what, like, We'll go through this in different in different segments. Before we do start as well, shout out to patrons, patreon.com, Forza Simon316. Thank you for being so patient with me and always supporting me. I do massively appreciate it. And you know what? Sansonathletics.co.uk, Forza Simon316. Same with Pro Wrestling Tees. Get yourself some Simon Miller merchandise. Maybe you can wear them at the Wembley shows. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say. But we'll start with the card, then we'll move on to all the nonsense, and we'll go from there. But some people are saying they don't think the all-in card is representative of what a Wembley show should be. So essentially, we're comparing it to WrestleMania, which I can totally understand what people are what people are saying. Now, maybe it's just because I'm super excited about it. Maybe because I just think it's so bad that we're getting an arena, uh, arena-type show since 1992, which, you know, so long ago, I can't even... I remember it. I was basically a fetus in 1992. I think that may be a get-out-of-jail-free clause in many ways, in the sense that AEW can kind of do whatever they want, and I'm still going to go there with a massive smile on my face. And I suppose the big debate has been the Kenny Omega argument. Should he be in a singles match? He's in a six-man. It got confirmed on Dynamite. He's going to be teaming up with Kota Ibushi and Hangman Adam Page to take on Bullet Cub Gold. And the only thing I, I can think about it is... Of course I want to see Kenny Omega in, in a singles match. I think he's one of the best wrestlers, not only of this generation, ever, especially when it comes to one-on-one fights. But the reason that I don't mind this is because if you had told me even a year ago that I was going to get this match in Wembley, I would have snapped your hand off. So it's hard to all of a sudden be a negative Nancy about it. But the other thing is, I like the fact we're doing all these multi-man matches. There's the Sting multi-man match, the women's match is a multiple-man match. This is a multiple-man match. There's probably another one that I'm not thinking about right now, is that it gets more people on the card. And I know when I say this stuff, people roll their eyes at me like, oh, you shouldn't talk like that. And you're totally right. I'm a terrible person and I should be shot out of a cannon. But I always look at the human side of professional wrestling. Maybe because I've done wrestling myself or maybe that's just the way my brain is wired. But I love the fact that these people, men, women, girls, boys, children, adults, whoever, have busted their ass, because wrestling is super duper hard, right? And they've busted their ass for all of these years. They've gone UK, America, Ireland, Japan, North Korea. Who the hell knows? Definitely haven't gone to North Korea. Don't know why I said North Korea. It's because I was reading about that North Korea show earlier. And for many, this will be the peak of their wrestling career. And I don't say that in a bad way. I say that in a tremendous way. I'm sure there are loads of people that are going to fight there that can't believe they're on a Wembley Stadium show with 80,000 people. And AEW may never do this again. Now, I hope that they do because it means the company is heading in the right direction and that's good for us, the fans. But on the off chance they can't, making sure you get as many people as possible onto the damn thing, I just like it. I just do. That's just the way I view the world, and that's just the way I view wrestling. So if you're not into it, totally get it. If you think there needs to be more WrestleMania-type buzz, totally get it. But it's not WrestleMania. It has kind of come out of nowhere. It doesn't mean you can't capitalize on these situations, of course. But the big discourse, I think this is more of an internet, let's just go back and forth for a while because it's something to talk about. But the big discourse is, of course, we are 10 days away from uh, All In. And at least for the last four days, maybe a week, when was Collision? Saturday. Everyone has just been talking about the CM Punk stuff. Now, 
I have no inside information. I'm just going on what I've read online. So take it with a pinch of salt. But we do know that CM Punk cut that promo afterwards where he made a joke about Hangman Adam Page and his merchandise. It didn't hit. It didn't go down well. You know, there's no such thing as off camera anymore because everybody has a cell phone in the audience. And to be fair to CM Punk, again, this has definitely been confirmed, I think. He did he did apologize to Adam Page. Now, should he have done it in the first place? No, probably not, given that it is a pressure cooker. But I don't want to get into all of that because, again, I'm literally going to repeat myself. CM Punk is a human being. So is Adam Page, the Young Bucks, and anybody else that was involved in that. And I don't know. I'm not there, which is why I don't like to speculate because you could say something. And look, this must have happened to you in your life when somebody starts talking about you and you're desperate to set the record straight, but you can't for some reason. And given that I don't have all of the facts, apart from the fact that, no, I don't think CM Punk should have said all that, but he agrees. So everyone's on the same page with that one. I tried to not skirt around it because that sounds like I'm some kind of a politician, but I do try to sit on the fence, like deliberately so, because I've had, who am I? No one, right? I'm some kind of peon on the ass of life. But even I have sometimes people just make up stuff about my wrestling career. There was This was a long, long time ago, but there was a thread on Reddit, which to be honest, I was just happy somebody made a thread on Reddit about me. <laughs> That's the greatest thing ever. Saying that I don't wrestle anymore for X, Y, and Z. Literally had a match that day when it went up. And I just ignored it because it's like, well, no one cares. Again, I'm, it's not like I'm a, I'm a big deal. But it's annoying because like, well, it's not true. <laughs> and I've always remembered that. So I don't like to be inaccurate with my statements. But I, I do think this kind of thing just needs to, to, to just, you know, not get in the way of why we sit down to watch wrestling. I'm not saying that it's not fascinating. I'm not saying that it's not sensationalist news, which does draw us in. But me especially, I, I am doing that in my own life. I'm just focusing on what we're going to do all in. Again, we're getting CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. So if you're a nerd wrestling fan like me, you know this is going to be absolutely amazing. And the fact we're getting the fourth encounter or the fifth, whichever one it would be. It was a trilogy, right? So when, yeah, the fifth one, and there's been more but in terms of uh, notable matches. I just, I just think he's awesome. And look, if the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega don't want to work with Punk, they're allowed to do that. That's the other thing. People go, oh, it should be what's best for business. I need to worry about AEW's business. I want them to do great business but i am more as a human being i am more inclined to lean over to the mental health side of things and think well if they don't want to do that it's probably a reason for it so let's just try and be nice and then there were all these reports of so and so can't go to the building and this and that and again we don't know the reasons for all of this um but i just i think ultimately the ideal here would be, I don't think we want a hard brand split between Collision and Dynamite. But I do think if there are any issues, you just need to sit people down and iron them all out. Like that Jungle Boy story came out, Jack Perry, where he wanted to do something with Glass to write, him off, write himself off TV and see him, but not even see him punk. Other people that you would classify in the veteran category. Like, well, no, you shouldn't do that. We should use fake Glass or not do it at all because we don't want to risk injury. I'm sure Bill Goldberg rang up and he explained what happened in the uh, early 2000s or late 90s, whenever it was. And I guess CM Punk as the elder statesman is, and look, he is in charge of collision. I think that's quite clear. And again, we can debate that one. You know, went over and said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We do think it's a terrible idea and it's not going to happen. I don't even think that's a story. It's an interesting bit of trivia to hear how things are operating backstage. But young guy wants to do something daring. An older guy who's got more experience says, don't do it. Now, maybe Jungle Boy was right and we should have done that. And it would have created an amazing moment. Maybe CM Punk is right. Or I'm making names up now, but FTR or Samo Joe, you know, he'd be a veteran backstage there. Or maybe Jerry Lynn is backstage. And Jerry Lynn knows about that stuff. You know, he was in ECW for years. I mean, he wasn't like a hardcore wrestler, but he certainly had hardcore moments. That to me is just a, a professional business making decision, which all of a sudden gets thrown in with everything else. And I don't think that we, I don't think we need to do that. And I don't think we need to turn it into anything that's too hyperbolic and um, you know hyperbole. 
does sort of run the the wrestling industry. And I don't agree that the internet has ruined wrestling. I saw a big article about this the other day. But I, th- I think these kind of stories need to be taken on a case-by-case basis. And look, if you ask me right now, you know, do I think people shouldn't be allowed backstage at Collision if they've been booked? No, I don't. But again, I don't know what's happened. If I'm running uh, an ups and downs event and somebody tries to come in, they've called me a goober online. Would I let them in? I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I don't want to be called no goober. And maybe I would think to myself, well, you're going to, you know, you're going to put me off my game or you're going to affect my match. or You're going to ruin the atmosphere backstage, which is what I don't want. So it really, really is a, a difficult situation. And I'm just going to let it all play out as I did before. Um, ultimately, I would just like it if everybody could get along. I do think a Kenny Omega versus CM Punk match would be dream material. It's the number one I had on my list when Punk did come back. I would like to see him and Hangman do something. I think Hangman, especially at the moment, is underutilized. He's absolutely, he is absolutely brilliant. And if we could do CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite, I think it would do, it would do great. But I also know that I'm sure there's things that I could probably do in my, um, in my personal life, again on a much, much smaller scale, that maybe there would be some interest for. But if I don't want to do it, then I don't think we should make people do it because it is a job at the end of the day and we shouldn't really put people into those kinds of positions but it is i think the biggest shame i've tracked there the biggest shame is that it did overshadow all in for a few days but then we got to that dynamite last night and i actually think now we're back on track right you know i do i i think that there were some cool announcements there were some crazy announcements we had Leatherface there <laughs> for reasons that are never going to <laughs> are never going to be uh, to be explained but we but we will chat about it and I really, really hope that AEW has an amazing event at All In. They can use that to turn All Out into this incredible pay-per-view as well. I understand financially it's really hard to, to justify buying both of those who has $100, especially in this economic climate. But if we can use it as some kind of a catalyst for AEW to really find... I think they've lost momentum, but I think it's fair to say that maybe from a couple of years ago, you know, end of 2021, they're not banging it as much as they were then, which happens. Wrestling is cyclical. But when you do have an 80,000-seater show... And you do have a pay-per-view a week afterwards. I mean, there's pros and cons. But the pros is you may be able to create some really compelling stories and some really compelling moments that convinces people to watch again. And I know there's been so many times in the past when it was just WWE, when I'm a little bit jaded, I suppose, on the product, maybe a little bit like, man, I don't want to watch this anymore. Or I need a break, I suppose, is a better way to put it. And then all of a sudden, you get to a WrestleMania or you go to a WrestleMania or you see a WrestleMania or somebody does a big angle with all those people. And it does draw you back in. You think, oh, yeah, man, I love wrestling. And all of a sudden, you've got six months worth of uh, extra, well, at least on it. You know, you, you, want it, you want to get back into it. So I think AEW can do that too. And my favorite story right now, you've got the bloodline over in WWE, still love what they're doing. Obviously, we had the angle last week where Jey Uso quit WWE and they even moved into the alumni section. Apparently, we've done this to give the bloodline a little bit of a rest. I don't believe they're going to be on tv this week and maybe not for the rest of the month i think that would be cool i'm also a big advocate for doing jimmy and jay at wrestlemania you could either do the two matches beforehand and do the blow off there or you can hold the first one off till then a lot of people say oh no we don't want this but clearly the bloodline storyline has been booked till wrestlemania 40 anyway i mean i think that will be the death of this roman reigns character and then on the other side he'll go he'll go full-on babyface after he loses his titles in my opinion to cody rhodes so if you can pay that off in other areas as well, I mean, you could do the three-way with Solo too, but hopefully we can find a different match for him. I want to see Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania, essentially. I think that would be really good, and I think there's no reason to doubt what WWE is doing. Even if you weren't into the Tribal Combat match and you feel like maybe they've jumped a shark a little bit, go look at the ratings for the Bloodline segment on SmackDown. They still spiked, even though the overall rating wasn't as good because the NFL is coming back. And that just goes to show that on a wider basis, people are still into it. And these are the metrics that WWE is going to use. And they should do that. And I just... 
again, we had that horrible period from 2001 to 2019 when it was just WWE. And there were some great storylines. You know, talk about Punk, CM Punk, John Cena was awesome. The Nexus stuff, yeah, it didn't go how we wanted. But, you know, The Shield, they absolutely kicked ass when Goldberg came back in 2016. We can keep on doing this. But it did allow them to rest on their laurels a little bit and just drop stories when they didn't want to do it. But now they do have some proper competition. It does feel like they've got a little bit more focused. And I will always take a long-term storyline that outlives its welcome as opposed to one that has all the potential in the world, but we drop it after three weeks. Because you don't know after three weeks. Like, you really, really do not. Let's just, you know, quick segue on to LA Knight. At the moment, do I think he could be a world title contender? Absolutely. And do I want to see him that put in that position? Yes. Would I love it if he won the Royal Rumble? You know it. But there's only one way to find out. And if we all of a sudden stopped it now, and look, we could be wrong. We could get to November and go, oh man, this, this whole thing petered out, whatever it was. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong when you have a week-to-week program with trying something and going, eh, well, it didn't click. Now let's do something else. But I cannot stand it. When I'm getting into something and I'm liking the characters, and I'm thinking, you know, fantasy booking-wise, we could do this, we can do that. And then it doesn't happen anymore. And WWE used to do that all the time. So I would always take this. And I like the fact that it has started to roll downhill. Like the... Um, uh, the Judgment Day have essentially become Raw's Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Don't play that game. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> become Raw's Bloodline. They start the show. You know, they're interweaved throughout all the segments of the show. And I actually think it's helped everybody. I think when Damian Priest cashes in that money in the bank, it's going to feel like a bigger deal. I know Finn Balor loses all the time, but it does work with the story. Again, sometimes people just lost in the past. We used to have a Sami Zayn counter on ups and downs when he just lost. But now at least when Finn Balor loses, I'm like, okay, well, it does irk me because I'm a massive Finn Balor fan, but at least it makes sense. I can see what they're doing here. It's turned Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio into superstars, and that's because they've been allowed to come across that way throughout a three-hour Raw. And when you do have 180 minutes, for goodness sake, you can do more than just matches, right? You've got that extra hour, so you should go crazy with it. And that's why when the bloodline is done, I do hope that we have more of these. You know, I hope that we do something with a Kevin Owens, a Sami Zayn. Maybe they could fight at WrestleMania. Now, I'm always like, is that too soon? Maybe I could do a year, right? And not every story needs to be a year. You should have six-week stories, and you should have three-month stories and six-month stories. But it's hard for me to criticize it when, again, the last 12 months of TV have been so good. Cody Rhodes, even though he suffered that loss at WrestleMania, has gone on to be a massive star because they've invested in him. And again, we had the story with Brock Lesnar, which isn't necessarily something they would have done. And going back to my original point, and All In... One of the reasons I think it's going to be a massive deal is because I think this MJF Adam Cole stuff has been sublime. I, 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 you know, people always like to compare straight away, oh, is it as good as the Bloodline stuff? Well, I can't really answer that at the moment. But I would say, um, you know, I would say that it's, I don't think it's inspired by it, but I, I, I do think striking when the iron is hot, maybe. maybe. Maybe the Bloodline stuff has reminded people to strike when the iron is hot. And the stuff they did on Dynamite last night, if you are listening to this on Thursday, the 17th of August, I just thought it was the perfect amalgamation of goofy, goofy wrestling and serious wrestling. Like you have all the jokes with Aussie Open. They go to the Outback Steakhouse. They take out a man holding a crocodile. They rent Crocodile Dundee 1 and 2. I also felt like we had a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the situation we talked about earlier when Tony Khan told them off. But then by the time they get to the ring, so they use these skits as almost, that's where we're going to have our fun and make sure that people find these characters enduring and funny. Because, you know, make somebody laugh and you will love somebody twice as much. But, yeah, they get to the ring for the promo bit where they understand, okay, we've got to make these matches count. And Adam Cole talks about almost having to retire from wrestling and now main eventing the damn thing and how he has to win that world championship because of it. But he also wants to win the tag belts with his best friend. Then MJ fires back as I feel the same, but listen to my journey and everything I had to do and I was on the first all-in. And at the end, they kind of look at each other with a passion in their eyes and a fire in their belly. And that translates to me as well. So... I think it's mad that we're doing both of those things on the same pay-per-view. 
but they've justified it and they've sold it to me. And that, you know, when I think about that, I think that's probably going to be the main event. Well, it will be the main event. There's nothing else that they've announced that should should fill that role. If we come up with an angle or a twist or one of them finally does go over here, I still think it's too soon to break them up. But I think in this instance, we're kind of out of luck because we do have this next pay-per-view the week later. And because it is Wembley and you do want to end with a bang. I think that alone goes to show that we should be we should be super excited about about what we've got here. And I do not I don't know if this was the plan. I do not believe personally that they were going to keep them together for as long as they have. But the fact that we have done that, this is just it's exactly where the industry should be going. That's right. We're going to talk about the industry. Who cares about news? We're talking about the industry. Because everybody always wants to know what's the next big thing? Where are we going to go? What direction are we going to head in? And again, I kind of think it's angles like this. I'm not saying the matches don't count, the matches always count. One of the worst things I ever heard was Vince Russo when he said wrestling fans don't like wrestling. Like, it's completely stupid. We do like wrestling. That's the big blow-off. And the reason matches uh, hit the highs that they do is because you put the work in beforehand and then you want to see two guys or two girls kick the crap out of each other. But you look at those bloodline segments that we've been talking about with Sami Zayn when Jay turned, with stuff with Kevin Owens, etc., etc. You talk about all the stuff we have done with MJF and Adam Cole. There'll be others I'm not even thinking about right now. And I kind of think these skits, these angles, these segments, whatever you want to call about, that's our new blockbuster entertainment focus of sports entertaining or wrestling Vince Man probably over the moon with all of this but I like it I really really do and I think one of the reasons you can get away with this is because there is so much wrestling on television you're not you're not desperate for matches do you know what I mean like New Japan is accessible we've talked about AEW they're basically putting on five-star matches every single week that's their MO you can go watch Impact which has some crazy wacky stuff CMML CMLL is all of a sudden there you've got AAA and you've got WWE no one does WWE stuff like WWE and I actually think sometimes when they remember that is when they elevate the level of their product because they do have a way of approaching it and when they get it right there's nothing else like it which which is great so because all of a sudden, you know, there are all these these great matches and you don't have to wait for a pay-per-view, etc. And we just, just have to do them on TV because DV is worth so much money. All of a sudden, you can think outside the box and you can be like, well, what should we do for the promo? What should we do with this angle? Or, you know, can this serious wrestler be goofy for once? Yes, they can because they're probably going to get in the ring and kick somebody's ass within seven days. And all of a sudden, you'll forget about it. And I like that immensely. And it's not going to be for everyone. And some people will be shouting at their... They're screens right now. But we have seen it in WWE with the Roman Reigns stuff. I mean, without it, would Roman Reigns be the character? He is doubtful. He's a great wrestler. He's an amazing wrestler. I hate that too. Or Roman doesn't know how to work. Go away. Get under a rock, man. What are you talking about? You haven't watched it. But without all the other stuff, the nuances, the character work, etc., etc., the craziness, the manipulation, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't translate to the matches because that's what they've used to build those things. And it is going to be the same with this MGF Adam Cole thing. I'm going to be guessing. I'm going to be speculating that maybe MGF is going to start a faction with Roderick Strong and it's all a ruse. Or we go the more um, obvious route and it was going to be Adam Cole starting a faction with uh, the Kingdom and, and Roderick Strong and all this has been one big game. I think that would be awesome. And it means Adam Cole can win the championship. He can go mega heel, which again, I don't think anybody expected when this started. And I think it's going to be super hard to tie, to tie NJF back into a heel. Like, he can do it, and he's, he's one of the best at it at the moment. You can't argue that. But people enjoy his babyface shtick so much, even if it is a little bit deliberately insulting, <laughs> a little bit patronizing. But it doesn't matter. If it works in wrestling and it gets a response, I think you can, you can get away with it. And I think most fans now would be happier to, chew, to, to boo Adam Cole for screwing over MJF, who has been so vulnerable. I hate these words, but it's true. And so open during this program than vice versa. 
I just think it's landed on the lap. You have the potential to do one of the best double turns that we've seen in ages. And it's not even a proper double turn because it's not like we did it on one night. Well, I guess you would do it on one night, right? But there's been more There's been more elements to it. Like I mean, Austin versus, uh, versus uh, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13, is my favorite match ever. And in terms of on the night, perfect. And in terms of the few weeks building up to it, so damn good, the promos and everything. However, do not forget that Stone Cold Steve Austin found out about that match while watching television. Nobody told him. And then when they said it's a submission match, Austin is like, well, what have you done that for? I don't have any submissions. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So this one has a little bit more pre-planning into it. Not saying it's going to live up to that or be any better, but I think it has the potential to sort of get in those ranks within the history of AEW. So I can't wait for this. Let me get the all-in card up, actually, now. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about this more uh more next week but in terms of what we do have announced if you uh, if you haven't watched the show last night obviously we're going to kick off with aussie open versus mgf and adam cole for the ring of honor world tag team titles it's going to be amazing mark davis and carl fletcher one of the best tag teams in the world right now mgf and adam cole we've talked about ftr versus the young bucks which is how we closed dynamite yesterday ftr saving the young bucks from the gun club and the bullet club so that um they face the best version of matt and nick jackson at wembley I mean, if they are allowed time, which I imagine they would do, I think it's going to be one of the best tag team matches ever because they've already had some of the best tag team matches ever. And when you put it in an arena, you put it in a stadium, I should say, and you have 80,000 people potentially going nuts, this could be something truly special. I'm genuinely pumped for it. You've also got Sheeta versus Tony Storm versus Sarai versus Britt Baker for the women's title. Again, it's nice. It's a callback to All Out 2018. It's a four-way. You could have Soraya win it there. I'd actually keep it on Sheeta, personally. But if you do have Soraya win it in hometown and maybe sort of the rest of the Knights get involved, it's going to be pretty good, right? Of course it is. We also have our mad stuff because not only do we have a stadium stampede announced, which is going to be Eddie Kingston, Orange Casting, the best friends, the Lucha Brothers, taking on the Blackpool Combat Club and three TBAs. Again, stadium stampede. And some people go, oh, yeah, but you don't get to see much on stadium stampede. Trust me. Anytime we've done an anarchy in the arena or a stadium stampede, these have been terrific matches. So I trust this. And I don't think we should get too ahead of ourselves. In terms of who those people could be too, I mean, look, I said this. I mean, this is just wild speculation for fun. But it could be a Nigel McGuinness because there's rumors that he's going to come back. He'd be protected in that match. It could be a Brian Danielson for the same reason. Of course, we want to win that show. Brian Danielson is awesome. He wants to fight in front of 80,000 people. If you are doing a somewhat gimmick match and his arm's not healed, well, don't put him in any positions where he doesn't have to wrestle properly. Now, actually, given how much he likes wrestling, he may not want to do that, but he'd still be awesome on that card. And you also have the choice that it could be um, Santana and Ortiz, who are Long rumored to have got back together as a tag team after Santana's injury. And that would be pretty cool as well. I mean, any kind of comeback like that is going to get a pop. It's going to get a reaction. And it ties into the Blackpool Combat Club because I swear they, they fought alongside John Moxie, right? In Blood and Guts or something. So yeah, but the fact you've got that and a coffin match, Darby Allen, a Joker sting now, which is awesome. Taking on AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. Now that's got a story too. I see this on the internet all the time. AEW doesn't do stories. This is a story. You don't have to like the story, but there's a story there. So, you know, keep those two matches away from each other. Because again, coffin match, stadium stampede. These are meant to be our fun over the top stuff. And while stadium stampede, I think will be more violent. You Look, better or worse, it's going to happen. So you might as well just accept it. Sting is going to do something crazy and hopefully safe, but I, I don't want the two to cancel each other out, right? I want both guys, to, uh, all six guys, seven guys, eight guys, whatever, to have the freedom that they need. Um, you're also going to have that six-man tag. We talked about the Golden Elite versus Takeshita and the Bullet Club. I mean, I think what we're forgetting here is that, okay, you're not going to get a straight-up singles match, but it does mean you get to have Kenny Omega versus Jay White in an AEW ring in front of 80,000 people. 
and you're going to do some stuff with Takeshita. And Adam Page is great, and Ibushi is like all time. So I'm not going to get too mad at that. Also on Dynamite last night, we announced it's going to be Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. I like that angle very much. Kind of surreal that Jericho is the good guy and Will Ospreay is the bad guy. <laughs> but it's not going to be a bad match. Some people are rolling their eyes at this too. You're allowed. I'm not getting mad at you. But I think we forget that Chris Jericho is one of the best ever. I mean, he is. And Will Ospreay right now is probably the best wrestler in the world. Him or Kenny Omega. I think he's one and two in terms of in-ring in action. And I could be wrong with that. We can debate that till the cows come home. But... Jericho so far in his uh, later years has proved he knows how to get the best out of any situation and he understands what he's capable of and what he's, I want to say what he's not capable of. That's a bit harsh. But Will Ospreay is also the master of working with anybody. You know, you can watch, you can watch Will Ospreay take on someone that's had terrible matches the last six months and all of a sudden they have the greatest match ever. You're like, how did you do that? So I'm very, very excited about this and I think there's going to be some kind of cool shenanigans. And same with Adam Cole versus um, versus MGF for the world title. Could see a world title change in Wembley Arena. Once again, not getting mad about it. Liked it all. And maybe Leatherface will be. Maybe Jeff Jarrett was going to take on Grado too after that angle they did on TalkSport. I'm sure you've seen it by now. For the Leatherface World Championship. This will be ups and downs for, for Dynamite. will be up by the time you hear this. Go and check it out. And yeah, people are mad about it. And I can understand why in my world of ups and downs, you'd expect me to give it a down. Because people always go, oh, yeah, but you gave that Miz, uh, whoever the hell the Miz fought in that zombie match. Was it Dolph Ziggler? No, it wasn't Dolph Ziggler. Whatever. In the zombie match. And I can't, all I can do, all I can ever do is review things based on how I feel that day. And I remember when I watched the Miz zombie match, I didn't think that they were playing it for laughs. I'm not saying that they thought it was serious. They didn't. But it, it, and also it was the pandemic here, which didn't help either. But I did think last night that Jeff Jarrett especially was hamming that thing up as much as he could possibly ham it up. And nobody was taking it seriously. It was utter chaos. For some reason, there was a red light, <laughs> like it was Kane 1997. And then Leatherface comes out with a chainsaw, let's not forget, which is illegal. You can't do that. And rather than use it, he starts kicking people. Oh my gosh, I was dying. And then Jeff Jarrett wins after all the interference on Jeff Hardy and for some reason gets a Leatherface title. Never explained. Wonderful. Brilliant. I laughed. And sometimes, again, I can only judge things based on the context it's presented in. And I just needed that today, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous. And no, I don't think AEW should do this every week. And yes, you're allowed to hate it. And I truly believe that if you did do this, you'd probably chase people off eventually. I, I think you probably would. However, I, I watched it twice because I was so worried about the ups and the downs. How stupid am I, right? But I do take it quite seriously, even though we shouldn't, because that's a dumb show too. And even on the second time round, I was like, they know what they're doing. It's almost like they're looking into the camera going, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then when you also learn that all the money that they earn from, I think it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, all the money that AEW earned from that is going for the victims and the tragedy down in Hawaii, Hawaii down in Maui. You're like, I can't hate this. I just can't hate it. And you're allowed to hate me for not hating it. But I thought it was wonderful. And if we do do Grado versus Jeff Jarrett on, um, uh, what'd you call it, on, on All In, I think you'll be, the, the, the naysayers are going to be surprised. I mean, Jeff Jarrett has just proven that he's absolutely fantastic. And Grado in this country or this, uh, these, these countries, whatever you want to say, is uh, he's a master <laughs> of what he does. So, you know what? I was all good with it. Love Eddie Kingston coming back as well. Just going to throw that back in there. Actually, going back to the Bloodline stuff too, Sami Zayn made some interesting comments recently about how he was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't coronated as the guy. And I think I, I really appreciated his honesty. I don't think deep down he ever thought that he was going to become the guy. Like... He knows. He says this in everything. He understands that he's not a Roman Reigns. He's not a John Cena. He's not a Hulk Hogan, a Steve Austin, whatever. Or The Rock. You know, pick, pick your person. But 
the fact that he got himself into this spot and the fact that he could have won it and you know by and large most wrestling fans would have accepted it i, I don't want to say he, he found that hard to take but i think when you're that close and when you have been busting your ass for as many years as as he has and when you're that good don't forget that Sami Zayn is a master at pro wrestling. Do not forget the Jackass match at WrestleMania, which preceded all of this bloodline stuff. I can totally see that because he's still a professional. And once again, like we talked about earlier, wrestling is still a job. So when you're trying to get the most out of it and you're trying to be a professional and you almost over-exceed your, I wouldn't say your potential because Sami Zayn could easily be the, the face of a company. But within the, again, within the grounds of WWE, I just thought it was a fascinating interview. I think it was on the Out of Character podcast with Ryan Satin or maybe it was a Coy Graves one. I can't remember after the bell. It's one of the two. But you should absolutely check it out. I thought it was really, really fascinating to hear. And I just massively appreciate his honesty. Same with Kevin Owens. He did one with Ariel Hawani last week and he talked about he doesn't know how long he's going to be wrestling for. He imagines he'll always be with WWE. He'd like to be a coach. He's kind of moved past championships now. I mean, they're both just all time for me. I think they are two of the most relatable evergreen wrestlers to ever have entered the uh, the business since the start of time. And I think they're underrated too. I truly do because they can do anything. They would be an asset to any single promotion on the planet. And you can put them anywhere. They can be at the start of the card, in the middle, at the end. They'll always bring you everything you need. They tick so many boxes. And I'm just such huge fans of them both. And after that, after these two interviews that kind of came back to back, which I imagine there was some strategy for. Um, I mean, Sami Zayn's all right now with his elbow. He came back on Raw, obviously, so that's good. And Kevin Owens, I hope to be back soon. I mean, he's got broken ribs. He's working through broken ribs. You don't need to work through broken ribs, bro. Just, just, just come through it. Um, but I did, I did enjoy all the stuff on the main event with Raw talking about Sami Zayn. You know, we had uh, Finn Balor versus cody rhodes i mean cody rhodes is definitely treading water at the moment that match was done to get that spot at the end when damian priest goes to slide the briefcase to finn balor it goes through his legs cody rightfully twonks him because he'd been screwed over by the judgment day twonks damian priest one two three the judgment they still stand talks they throw everyone through tables etc but and what we're doing here is that with the jd mcdonald stuff too he keeps sticking his oar in either damian priest or finn balor is leaving the bloodline now because i like to overthink these things i think you could go either way it seems to make more sense that JD McDonough would take Damien Priest's space. But then the way I flip it in my head is if you're a money in the bank cashy, cashini, whatever it would be, I kind of think that you're better off as a heel. I think that just works better. It doesn't mean you can't be. A, I mean, it depends who he's going after. But I think that's going to be really, really interesting what we do there. I still kind of feel like maybe Finn Balor should have won at SummerSlam. I think that actually may would have heightened this. But I said that about Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, and I now think I was totally wrong. But I do think all of them have been elevated elevated by that and i'm very excited about chad gable versus gunther too i never thought i would say this but i want gunther to win and that's not because i hate gunther i think gunther is amazing but i think he should break the record and i still think chad gable should be the guy to take the intercontinental title off him but not next week i don't know if payback is past the honky tonk man's uh day range or whatever but I, I would just hold off. And look, I, do I actually think that WWE is going to do that? Arguably not. I mean, we, we can't say. But at this stage, Gunther should lose it soon. But if he has that record and if he has sort of brought this belt back to prominence, because I'm a little bit worried when he does lose it, WWE may go WWE. I think that's the perfect stepping off point, the perfect platform to, to enter the main event and then go from there. And maybe he's even in that match next year. I mean, it depends. If Seth Rollins is still the champion next year, who does he face? Gunther, I think, would be a terrific option. Gunther winning the Raw Rumble in 2024 and then Cody going on to win the Elimination Chamber to go after Roman. I mean, you get Gunther versus Seth. And if you do do that as well, I'd actually pull the trigger on both and then you kind of switch it. Because, look, bless Seth Rollins. I mean, he could main event because it's going to be a two-night WrestleMania, but he would, he would main event night one, which means you can have a heel win at the end because technically the show isn't over. We're just halfway through. I would actually come out of 2024 with Gunther 
as the, the, the world heavyweight champion and Cody Rhodes as the universal super duper 9,000 champion. That's what I would do. And then I don't know whether Cody goes to SmackDown or whatever, but that brand split's dead. <laughs> LA Knight, for one, just turns up on everywhere. But that begs that question, too. Like maybe if Damian Priest stays the hill and he's cashed in, do you do LA Knight versus Damian Priest? And people go, oh, that's not very much a WrestleMania match. We can't think like this. If we generally want new stars, then we have to be putting them in the big positions. It can't always be the same people over and over again. But that also feels quite unfair to Seth Rollins, who I do think deserves a big match at WrestleMania. Not that Logan Paul wasn't. But it's not a super-duper WrestleMania match. I think he deserves it. So, speaking of Logan Paul, too, he wants to jump off the Hell in a Cell. That's what he said on his implausible, implausible podcast of the other day. He wants to jump off Hell in a Cell. Don't let him jump off Hell in a Cell. We don't, we don't need anybody else jumping off the damn Hell in a Cell. I mean, he's definitely going to do it now. He's definitely going to jump off Hell in a Cell. But I kind of think we should, um, we should, we should move away from all of that. It really made me laugh. Do you want to jump off Hell in a Cell? Yeah, I jump off Hell in a Cell. Like it's nothing. Like it's like it's just something we do in professional wrestling. I will say he's very respectful about wrestling. You got to give that to him. He, he, he said in interviews, it's harder than boxing. It's harder than that. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I massively, I massively respect it. So there's kind of an overview of wrestling. Not really what I planned to talk about, but we've done it anyway. Thankfully, we do have the questions, so we can segue into them. Usually, they touch on all the goings on anyway, so we can kind of do the news in the second half. There's no rules here. Let's go. And we do start with. I'm not going to lie. Many hours may have passed. That was not the way this was meant to go down, but something stole away my day. There's always a problem with the podcast. We start with Russ Hardy, who says, will you be at the Business Progress show in Sheffield next month, hoping to get to it much love? Yes, I will. So the Progress bandwagon, it's not right, train, whatever, starts again on the 26th. Yes, because all in is the 27th. That's an awesome weekend, that is. I'm wrestling on Progress on the 26th. Very exciting. Usually I host the shows, but I've got to kick Tate Mayfair's ass. Go on, um, what's his uh, what's his Twitter handle, X handle? I don't know. Let me find it quickly. Nobody needs me to do this. I don't know why I've decided to do this now. Everyone go to, he's literally just at Tate Mayfair's. Everyone go tweet Tate Mayfair's and says, Miller's going to kick your ass or something. That'd be quite funny. It'll make me laugh. But yeah, I've got my big six-man tag then. Then it'll be all in. Then I've got a wrestling show on Monday. Do you know how much I'm looking forward to that weekend? It's going to be awesome. And then yes, when we come up north, Sheffield and Birmingham, I think we're doing, um, I will be involved. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Let's keep it. Let's keep it up in the air. That's always much more fun. My man Francis says, how hype are you for Shake It All About? And the first round teams with me also, do you have a tag team name yet, Miller Meme? So everyone's just promoted my wrestling matches. So yes, if you are in London at All In Weekend, come say hello to me at All In, obviously. Come watch a progress show on the Saturday in London. And then Monday, come to Shake It All About, which is like a Tombola tag team tournament. It's like the blind tag team thing that AEW just did that brought together MJF and uh, Adam Cole. And that's right, I'm teaming with memes. We don't have a name. We'll just call it Team Miller for now. I mean, that's arrogant. But uh, <laughs> please come down and come say hello. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Robert says, is it difficult for you to wrestle as an arrogant heel where much of your fan base knows, loves, respects you for your uncanny positivity? No, this is why I like modern day wrestling. Because the only place that I really play proper heel is UPW, where I'm the moneymaker. And it just worked, not going to lie. Maybe it was a little harder for me because they did have to break down those walls. But at the end of the day, people know what wrestling is and they know what the deal, you know, there's no surprises, right? So when the regulars come, when the regulars bought into it, eventually I think they just, um, 
yeah, they just accepted it for what it was. And now as soon as my music hit, I get booed out of the building. So there certainly was a bit of work there to be done. But I do think people still want to suspend their disbelief. And now because subconsciously and consciously they know. So yeah, I think it's worked out very well. And I'm very proud of that character. Not proud of a lot in my life. Try and stay away from pride because pride comes before a fall. But very proud about how that was gone. And Robert also says, read the ring post versus Simba the Still Steps. Who have you got? I think Simba the Still Steps. Got girth, man. Shouldn't have said it. Tofa says, people are saying the bloodline has jumped the shark. We talked about this earlier. I disagree. I think they're now shifting into third gear. If we want Roman to hold the title to a Mania 40, we need to keep the stories fresh. And that's what they're doing. See part two. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you meant to do another tweet, my friend, it never came through. I totally agree with you. And as we said earlier, eventually it will get old, whatever the right word will be. That's what happens with all stories. But right now, stick to it. Believe in it finish your booking then look back figure out what worked what didn't work apply it to something else and get better still that's all we can ask i'm a big fan of the bloodline stuff also look at their business absolutely amazing uh wow general outburst has a football question your opinion on mason greenwood i know it's not wrestling but it's mental health we won't stay long on this because i know that if you're not into soccer here in the uk you won't know what we're talking about google mason greenwood i it's not for me to discuss it in though in those terms because i'll get it wrong as well i don't know all the facts but i have read the transcript my opinion, he should never play for Manchester United again. That's all I'm going to say. That's my opinion. Don't think it's right. I think it's a terrible decision by the club, but we'll see what comes out in the wash. If it happens, the moment nothing has happened. Uh, Comdy Hagen says, if AEW, asked to, if AEW asked you to get squashed at Wembley, who should do it? Anyone. <laughs> I don't care. Can you imagine? I said we're not going to talk about it. We said last week's show. We're not referencing anything about me going to uh, All In and not going to All In, because at this stage... No one's going to believe me either way anyway. But if they wanted me to get squashed, anyone can do it. Anyone. 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 <laughs> I totally mean it. I don't care. Uh, Lee says, love ups and downs. And now I've only just realized you do a podcast. Makes me warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Thank you, Lee. And I hope you're listening now. <laughs> You'll enjoy the schedule. Adam says, hey, Simon, should wrestlers be allowed to have an ultimate version of their characters? Ultimate Cody Rhodes, ultimate Kevin Owens. Save for exclusive big hype matches, slight change in apparel and extra powerful moveset. No, that's kind of like the demon character with Finn Balor, which I never really thought worked in WWE, did work in other places. I just think you should sell that with the story and you should sell that with the, ac the actions and, you know, anything... I don't, I don't know what the right word would be, but no, I don't think you need to overplay it. Sometimes I think nuance is more important when it comes to these things, and that would be one of them. However, if you would like it and they did it, you've won. Never forget that. My man Drew says, hey, Simon, hope you're doing well. Which five current WWE wrestlers are the future of the company? Good question. Rhea Ripley, first one that comes to mind. I would say Dominic Mysterio too. I think he's onto something, and I think if we play it right, he could be a mega babyface. Jey Uso? I mean, can I say Jey Uso? I think there's something there that we didn't realize before. I would say Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but you said the future. I think they're the present and we should be doing more with them. So two more. I mean, Roxanne Perez down in NXT has all the all the potential in the world. Then there's Carmella Hayes and there's Bron Breaker. Let's get rid of NXT people to make it easier. So I'm going Rhea Ripley. I'm going Donnie Mysterio. I will throw Jey Uso in there. Bianca Belair is kind of on the cusp, but again, I think she's more of a right here, right now kind of a deal. So I will pick. I do think Austin Theory has something. I think he has been miscast. And I think if we get his casting right, he'll fly. So I'm going to go with Omos. Same thing, miscast. Not every heel has to be angry. You see him in interviews? Give me that guy. Adrian says, is Roman Reigns the new Undertaker? Every Mania from now on, will people speculate, will he be beaten this year? No, because I think he's going to lose at WrestleMania 40. He'll definitely lose. 
He'll definitely lose in 2024. They're not stupid. Sometimes they've been stupid, but they're not stupid with this. It's worth too much cash. Uh, Peter says, probably going to get asked a billion times, but is there a live ups and downs for All In? And if so, where it will be held? He didn't write that. He wrote it properly. I can't talk. <laughs> and what, Where it will be held. All right, Yoda. I can't talk about it. <laughs> Stop asking me All In questions. It's not fair. Just keep an eye on my Twitter. All right? That's Simon316 and everything this is all gonna fall through now i'm moving on uh peter birch says who do you think will be the mystery partners for the bcc my money's on tom lawler and violet bind design i don't think it's going to be them i'd love to see tom lawler in there i just don't think the um the london crowd would, would would get it as much as i would i would like them to get it again i can see brian danielson because it's a stipulation match and i think he deserves to be in front of that bigger crowd i can see santana and ortiz that would rock and i can see nigel mcginnis so that's four to fit into three positions maybe do nigel mcginnis and santana and ortiz because brian danielson is one of those guys where i can see it, i can feel it he'd be like well you know i don't really want to go there unless i can um you know be me and i understand that you know you want to perform at your best and he has done that kind of stuff before. Don't get me wrong. He'd abs- of course, he'd absolutely love to perform at Wembley. But he has done WrestleMania matches. He's the best person, Brian Danielson. I love him. Just throwing it in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Merckx says, hey, Simon, saw some of your matches on YouTube. Well, that's a... <laughs> Depends what you get. Some are all right. Some are not. It was incredible stuff. Oh, thanks, bro. When are you coming back to Texas? Would love to see you live. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Nothing in the, the, the works at the moment. Actually, not technically true. I can't talk about it. <laughs> Just watch this space, all right? Soon, if everything... Look, either one of two things is going to happen. It's all going to fall apart. This is nothing to do with All In, by the way. Um, it's all going to fall apart, and I'll just tell you anyway, because it's falling apart then, or it will all go how it's meant to go, and then we can have a big chat. But let's just leave it there again. Man, I'd hate... If you're listening to me right now and you hate me, you're allowed to hate me. What the flub am I talking about? Um, Mr. Waffle says, you are one of the mystery teammates for the BCC at All In. What wacky spot do you want to be involved in, involved in during a stadium stampede? Well, Hangman Adam Page had the horse in the first one, so I want to be on a cow. And the cow runs, and it propels me over some kind of a fence, and then somebody pins me one, two, three. Because obviously, I would take the loss. Obviously. <laughs> who, else, who else would take the loss? Uh, what now for Lacey Evans? I don't know. Apparently, she's opening a diner. I think she just gave birth recently. I just send her all the best. I think the biggest problem with Lacey Evans is that we had to figure it out with the Southern Belle character, and we should have kept her there. I know they wanted to tie it into the military, etc., but I thought that Southern Belle character could have run and run and run. I thought it was a very nice throwback. I thought she played it very well. She could have just been a career character, and I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of a shame that we felt that we needed to, to, to switch things up. Uh, Ashley, I know you can't confirm your participation for obvious reasons, but you are part of Stadium Stampede, right? We've already addressed this. Sheep says, how much wood could a Simon chuck if he was a woodchuck off chucking? Seven. Logan says, is hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Reese says, what match are you most looking forward to at All In? MJF versus Adam Cole in the main event. I think they are my favorite pairing in, in wrestling right now. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. I think there's going to be a big twist. I think there's going to be a spin. I think they're going to go out there and absolutely smash it. I'm very, 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 very excited. I think it's going to rule. Uh, Phoenix says, we all know the layout of a faction, a main guy, a mid guy, a tag, and a female, but could a tag team lead a faction, like the Outlaws leading DX or the Bucks leading the Elite? Yeah. It's what kind of thing we need to do nowadays. We are entering brand new territory in wrestling, and we should be doing all the things. So 
This is why I like the fact that Rhea Ripley is essentially the leader of Judgment Day. Not something we would have done back in the day because stupidness, that's why. And she should be. Look, Finn Balor, all time. Damian Priest, going to win the championship, going to smash it. Dominic Mysterio, future is crazy. Rhea Ripley is the star, not of that group, of that group, but also of her division and of WWE. She's done like 90 billion views on TikTok or something nuts, right? That doesn't just happen. Elon says, yes, I have some questions for the show. Who, why, how, boxers or briefs? So I can't answer the first three, but... Boxer shorts, right? Yeah, I don't wear briefs. Andy Kane says, if 2 plus 2 equals potato, then what does 2 minus 2 equal? Pineapple, we all know this. Um, Stepdad says, when is WWE going to screw up LA Knight? <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love what wrestling has become. I truly, truly do. Here's the thing. with LA. Oh, we talked about it already. We don't need to go back over it. I don't care if they screw it up. I don't. I just want them to try. Much like they're my children. Just try. And if you get it right, sweet. And if you don't, well, at least you gave it a go. What I don't like is not giving things a go, which is a metaphor for life as well. That's what you should do in your life. Whether you want to be a wrestler, a rock climber, a tennis player, a president, just go and try, man. And you have, you've already won. You can't fail by trying. You never can. Same with WWE. doesn't matter. The things I don't like is Rusev Day. Didn't try. Deliberately pulled the, the rug out from underneath us all. And that absolutely sucked. I don't want to do that again. Uh, Dean says, do you think AEW should attempt to have a grand stage similar to WrestleMania for All In? Or should they have a normal side stage and have the focus of the TV audience be, wow, that crowd is ginormous. Either or, uh, I think they'll probably have their usual stage. I can't remember a pay-per-view when they've ever done anything too drastically different. And I don't think you want to ape criticisms of comparison, which is the name of my new EP, which I think that would happen. And they don't need to either. They don't need to. It's a waste of money almost because it's not WrestleMania, right? It's going to look like WrestleMania, but it's not. But they're not at no point where they ever like, oh my gosh, you know, you expect this presentation. Just have a cool setup, have a cool entrance way, all the pyrotechnics, all the fireworks, which they will do. And it's going to look great and it's going to look amazing. And I'm genuinely super pleased for everybody involved. This is what I want for wrestling. This is one of the coolest times to be a wrestling fan because there's so much cool things happening and i see all the people getting excited going to london and they're arranging meetups with people they don't even know they just want to say hello and these are the cool things about the community as far as i'm concerned and we shall end with the kingsman that says no particular question minute uh miller damn it <laughs> i'm a huge fan of you from india that is always cool that is always cool like the dude in one of the uh, saudi arabia shows that had an ups and downs sign still not over it that's like a year and a half ago you are one of the cornerstones for positive wrestling Twitter. Keep up the good work. Thank you. My bro, thank you, dude. Like, that stuff never gets old. And I'm never going to allow it to get old either. Because, look, I don't know how this happened. All I do is wave my finger around. I'm blessed to do what I do because it's the coolest job in the world. And it's given me a platform to, again, you know, do things that I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would do. And that's because of good people like you listening right now. It doesn't happen without the audience. It doesn't happen without the passion and people caring and people making um, a big fuss when we do these live, these live shows. Because it does get seen. And for a while, I don't think I necessarily saw that. And... You know, when people get in touch with you and say, you know, because I'm not going to lie, I do get a lot of hate online, which I'm cool with, genuinely. I've always said this on many a video. I feel privileged to be in the position that anybody would even mention my name in a public sense. But sometimes you do think, man, do I need to be more? I'm, I mean, I'm always balanced on ups and downs, but I'll always look for the ups, right? You really have to work hard to get down on ups and downs because I think that the internet wrestling community, as they call it, has gone so far in one direction. I'm now trying to pull the other way. It's just how life works. You bring balance to the force. When you do get people getting in touch that say, actually, Simon, you know, I, I come to you now just to enjoy things and not worry about things. 
and just to be silly and goofy. And I'm like, sweet, that was the idea. Because it doesn't actually matter what I give a show. Who cares, right? Who am I? Nobody. But if we can create a nice positive atmosphere that makes people feel good about the content they're watching in their spare time. Don't forget time is the... Well, it's the hardest commodity to get in the world because it's just going all the time. I think that's really, really great, really cool. There's a show I was listening to the other day. I won't tell you what it is because, look, I chose to listen to it, and I'm very, I'm a big fan of everybody involved. Um, and it's no one's like, it's not like, oh, it's fight from a wrestling observer. It's nobody like that. And I just couldn't believe how negative they were about everything, and they were picking holes. And look, they were actually very, very smartly picked apart holes. I was like, actually, there is logic to that, but I don't want to treat wrestling that way. I've got real problems in my life, you know. So when I watch wrestling, I just want to enjoy it as much as I possibly can. So that's what I do. And as I tell everyone, if you don't want to watch ups and downs, you absolutely should not. Would I watch it? No. What a pile of, what a pile of crap. What I will do is in the like seven hours between me filming part one and part two, Edge has come out and said that on tomorrow night SmackDown, it is his last contracted WWE match. Now he could be working us. He could have already signed a new deal because he said of his current contract doesn't mean he hasn't signed another one. So he may be in an angle, he may be going away, maybe he's turning up at All In. I don't think he would do that because I think that would ruin his relationship with WWE, which I think he cares for. Unless he genuinely is retiring in the next 12 months and is 100% sure that he's done and he wants to team with Christian one last time. But I actually could foresee Christian coming back to WWE rather than the other way around. But I don't know that for sure. I'm just talking out my ass, to be completely honest with you. But that makes that match so much more interesting because a lot of people, like we said, have been saying, this is it. This is the, the Edge's last match, which would be crazy. But what a way to go out, right? I respect the balls of it massively. No hoopla. He just walks away. So keep an eye on that one. And I would absolutely tune in for that to see what we're going to do on that show, especially because I do believe that will be the crutch of the show. The bloodline, as I mentioned, will not be on that. So we'll have to wait and see. I also learned that AEW got $100,000 for that Texas Chainsaw Massacre match, and it all went to Hawaii. So I ain't mad at it at all. In fact, I like, I've liked it even more. It's grown in my estimation over the last seven hours, which is absolutely, absolutely nuts. And there was something else I wanted to talk about too. And now I've forgotten. So I'm going to click this. Jim Ross thinks WWE has made a mistake with Don... Oh, WWE has made a mistake with Don Callis. Oh, I don't need to read that. I thought it meant AEW. Agreed. What are we doing with Don Callis now? We should have done an AEW. He's a fantastic manager. And he would have fit into any kind of faction and made them better. He's like a modern-day Paul Heyman. That's a different discussion for a different day. And other than that, I don't think there's much else much else going on. I think we've talked about everything. I wanted to try and get this to an hour, but again, it's super late here now. I've totally screwed up my day, but it was a fun... I must say, what did take me away from all of this was planning wrestling nonsense, so I can't get mad about that. Again, it's like wrestling has just thrown up on me, so it's, um, it's a good old time, and I do massively appreciate for everyone listening to this show too. And, you know, now we've gone back-to-back for, for two weeks hopefully we can keep this on as always if you look on youtube for simon miller give me a subscribe i'd appreciate that doubly so at the moment because times are hard on the old youtube go to what culture wrestling to and watch ups and downs patreon.com force a simon 316 is how this podcast exists and no money from it i am on cameo if you like a personalized video message i can give you a shout out on there i have merchandise at pro wrestling tees and samson athletics i think the tees are funny you may not but you can have a look anyway and I do believe that's everything. Social media, Simon316. Everyone go tell Tate Mayfair he's an idiot. That'll be funny. And he won't know what's going on. And he'll probably think he's, he's like done something. <laughs> oh, I'm an absolute asshole. I appreciate you all. You make sure you have a good day. Take care. And I will talk to you next week. We will do a proper all-in uh, preview show because I think that's important. I'm very, very excited. I hope you are excited as well. And I'll talk to you all soon.